All right, I do believe we are live. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Break the Rules stream coming at you all the way early in the morning, 7 a.m. We are here. We are queer. We are ready to go. I am Lef Poliakov at right, Po. We are live. At Lefpo on Twitter. And we have uh, Jessica Deloach together with Sticks, Hex, and Hammer 666. It is a great pleasure to have you guys here finally because Break the Rules is all about bringing in people who otherwise would never have a chance to uh, speak to each other in person, and this is as close to in person as we can get. We have uh, Jess, who uh, represents... I mean, you are kind of like the default Democratic Party <laughs> representative on our show now. and uh, more, but it's difficult. Like, yes. very difficult, actually. <laughs> and, of course, we have the great giant Gio uh, mm. on Twitter, Giovanni Panacciati. Bella, it's great to maybe, have you, Gio. Maybe we'll get um, who who can I think of that's like totally outlandish? I don't know. Oh yeah, man, well, people. We'll get the Palmer report on Break the Rules. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all a work in progress here. So, and of course, we got the great Tarl Warwick, Tex Hex and Hammer six six six, joining us once again. How are you, buddy? I know you got some uh, limes today uh, at the market. Yes, the lime has been delivered, of course. You said lines at the market. I'm like, what it like? Yeah, I don't know how uh, popular the. Yeah. No, I don't want scurvy. The... I don't want scurvy. <laughs> yes. Well, we're we're going to be talking today about the uh, Democratic Party and the current state of it, as well as uh, where you see it can be uh, improved in the future. So this is a rare opportunity to actually speak to somebody who would be more or less an insider and see, uh, see what uh, could be done here. So I would actually want to start with uh, Jessica. Can you tell us all about yourself for the people who don't know about uh, who you are? Yeah. Let's start from there. Of course. Um, okay, well, good morning, everyone. I know it's early for some of you. Um, yeah, so I've worked in Democratic Party politics for quite a while now. Um, I'm from Arkansas. And uh, as you as you know, if you're keeping up with US politics, you'll know that Arkansas is a very conservative state now. When I was growing up there, however, it was led by Democrats. Um, but it was still kind of, I, I wouldn't call it progressive, right? I mean, not, not in the sense of what the leadership arrangement was. You had a lot of moderate uh, Democrats that were governing at the time. And so I watched the state turn red, um, which is super unfortunate for the way things are going there, not because I have a problem with conservatives, but because I have a problem with the policies that are being promoted by some more far right members of the Republican Party in Arkansas. Um, I've worked on campaigns on every level from local to presidential. I've worked for uh, left leaning organizations that work with Democratic politicians and candidates. Um, I've been a consultant, I manage campaigns, I advise campaigns, I work in political communications. So it's a little bit of everything. I've done everything except uh, actually make myself a candidate as well. Well, it's not going to be too late, so uh, we'll see what happens well, there. Well, yeah, Arkansas, they produced, uh, you know, the Clinton dynasty. So <laughs> that's uh, yes. the fact that it turned red. I think, well, that could have been the whole... Uh, was it during the Bush years that they turned red or during the Obama years? It was the Obama years leading mm. into the Obama years. It was one of the last Southern, well, it was the last Southern Dixie state crowd. to go red. Yeah. So I would like to uh, start before we get to uh, sticks. Uh, Jessica, can you give us your opinion on the current state of the uh, Democratic Party? Yeah, well, obviously it is uh, in some ways divided. 
because you have a growing progressive faction and you have a more moderate faction that's been in place for a long time. The moderates feel very, you know, I, I think the moderates feel very empowered in their own way because they will tell you, they'll be the first to tell you that they are the reason why the Democrats have a majority in Congress. Um, just looking at the electoral math, there were more moderates elected than there were progressives. The progressives will tell you that the moderates are kind of holding up the evolution of the party and that they're just getting in the way of progress. Um, we're seeing a huge battle right now uh, with it. Well, I shouldn't say huge battle. I don't want to overstate things. We are seeing a somewhat of a battle or a growing battle in uh, what's going on in Buffalo, New York right now with the mayor's race there. Um, you've got a lot of heartburn around the country right now. I think the Democrats, if you look at their polling, their numbers aren't great because a lot of people are very frustrated with how contentious things have been in Congress. I do think that there has been um, a lot of heartburn over people wanting Joe Biden to, one, be elected, not be Trump, and then solve all things related to the pandemic. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't wish what he inherited on anyone, but I'm also not going to tell you that I agree with every decision that the Democratic Party has made thus far. Um, and on top of that, there is a larger conversation looming that I, I'm not sure the Democrats are wanting to have just because they don't quite know how to have it. And that's about cancel culture and what it means to be woke, the effect that that has on society, what that's doing to the party. There's been a, a growing conversation about grievance politics. So, I mean, things are complicated, but I'm also, you know, I'm very mindful of the fact that the Democratic Party is not as busted up as the Republican Party is in so many ways because they're trying to recover from a Trump presidency. So um, maybe I'll, well, I'll put a pin in it there. Well, no, the, I wanted to ask you, because this is coming off the heels of the, the huge Youngkin victory yeah. uh, where the Democrats got f -f -f felted in, <laughs> um, in Virginia, which is historically part of the you know security apparatus in the Washington. I think a lot of people from Washington live there. So it's, which is, it's part of, it's one of those like weird purple going to blue, to blue states. But yeah, and I was one in such a upswing, right? I mean, I should tell you, I was down in Virginia for the elections and I was covering the elections and I went to Youngkin events and I went to McAuliffe events and it was absolutely um, night and day, the energy. If you were to go to mm -hmm. one of the Youngkin events, what you would have seen was a highly organized, um, you know, wonderful show of support, very enthusiastic people. I actually met a woman who traveled all the way from California just to follow him around on election day, um, which I thought was a little extreme. There was also, she brought a friend up from Florida who was doing the same thing. They were, they were in the minority in terms of people who were kind of like the more outlandish partisans you'd see, you know, like they were covered from head to toe in Trump trump merchandise right like one of them even had a, a back tattoo about number 45 and she wanted everyone to see it um but for the most part the crowd was no question it was predominantly white not a mask was worn um at the, the one of the events that i went to there wasn't a mask in sight um but the enthusiasm was there and anyone you would talk to would tell you that they were mostly concerned about education and they were all hung up on McAuliffe's gaffe about education and the role that parents could play 
in deciding what their children would be learning in schools. That was the biggest grievance. Um, there were some people who talked to me about their concerns over critical race theory, but when asked if they could kind of expound upon those concerns, they couldn't really tell me. Um, one woman said that she was completely motivated by critical race theory to vote. And I asked her if that had been a longstanding issue for her. And she goes, I didn't know it was an issue until someone told me it was. I was like, okay, well, and you know, for as many of these examples as I could point out, you could do the exact same thing on the Democratic Party's side among their voters as well. And then the McAuliffe events that I went to were very, for lack of a better way of putting it, low energy. So <laughs> <laughs> very low energy. Very low energy. <laughs> um, that was well, we are- there was that one Klippenstein. Uh, oh God, I shouldn't even say his name on this show. Uh, that clip of that one older guy, but like the, I don't know, I kind of hate. Mm. Well, to let's be, uh, to be well, fair, let's... we do it too, though. Like you yeah, had those yeah. Mark Dice segments going around asking people about who's the president and what. You know. Mm. All right, well, let's uh, let's move things to sticks right yeah. now. Let's get it. Let's get into this. So Jess said that the Republican Party is more in tatters than the Democratic Party. Uh, let's uh, let's start from that. And sticks recently I... came off the heels of a huge. I, well, I don't know who came, who won. Uh, your debate with Nick Fuentes, which I uh, recently watched. That uh, statistically ended in a tie, I suppose. It yeah, was pretty close. Yeah. I, I would say that the Republican Party is nowhere near as dysfunctional as the Democrats. And as a non-Republican, um, it becomes problematic. I can't really support the Democratic Party because they have this schism in messaging. And, and you actually just pointed this out in part uh, between that the left core and like the old guard of the party that sort of tends to run things, has more electoral support. Certainly they, they have the majority of the senators uh, involved other than Bernie and arguably occasionally Elizabeth Warren. I would say that the Democrats don't have heartburn. They have myocarditis, uh, actually, and, and are, are a grave risk at the moment. The problem with the Democratic Party, like on CRT, which you pointed out, um, you're talking about certain voters at Youngkin events that couldn't name exactly what CRT was. Having written a booklet on it, specifically debunking it, um, it's rather easy to do. I would say that we're seeing the rise of an increased info voter. That is, people who before, especially on the right wing, like the Youngkin fans, etc., they were sort of asleep, civically speaking, weren't really active. They didn't go to the school board meetings. They didn't go to the housing authority meetings or anything else. Um, now they, they, the wool has been pulled off of their eyes. Other people have shown them, and I don't think this is a bad thing, you have to learn things somewhere, what is actually happening in the country, and they delivered a stunning rebuke of Terry McAuliffe, especially on that issue. Terry McAuliffe had been leading in the poll aggregates, in the aggregated polls in RCP, by seven or eight points for a very long time. His statements, his, his gaffe with regards to parents and education almost as less meaningless than the larger fight over CRT that the left side of the party is still actually fighting. And I don't know why they're doing it. And the only thing that I can think of is that there's a huge schism, which I warned of years ago, a disconnect between those two poles of the party. You could arguably say three, the neoliberal poll, the leftist poll, and then the the sort of core of what used to be union voters, a lot of them swung back and forth between Trump and populism, Um, people who feel abandoned by the party. On the Republican side, though, the idea that they're more dysfunctional, with the exception of Mitch McConnell and a few others, I would would definitely like to debate that point, uh, because it's clearly not true. You do have a schism, 
but it's basically Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, and a very small number of rhinos within the party trying to fight off a huge upswelling of populism. And one of the things that they don't want to do, they're so reluctant rhinos, as standard conservatives post first term Reagan, they're so reluctant to fight culture war battles. Uh, and it's it makes no sense because you're standing on the high ground, you've got you've got the every advantage and then you back off from the fight. This is not what the Trump Republicans have done. Also, <clears throat> I would say this, the idea that the Republicans have to recover uh, from Trump is, is not borne out either. Trump's ideas, by and large, uh, seem to be holding up better in the scrutiny of history than Biden's ideas, where he essentially turned around and did a 180, went back to globalism, yeah, open borders, et cetera. Let's revisit that for sure, because that's actually not true. Oh, it is. But... OK, but it's not. So I mean, well, why is it not true? Well, it is. <laughs> like whatever you want. Yeah. To do, how is it how is it wrong that uh, that Trump caused less because dysfunction than the current stagflation? Ideas that weren't his ideas. <laughs> like you need to be a little bit more intellectually honest here because everything you're saying, I'm sitting here digesting it. And I and I love a lot of what you're saying, because I think what you're saying is giving a lot of credit where it's due to what has been organic, like the organic growth from what Trump brought about. I think that's great. But I also think that you cannot ascribe credit to Trump for ideas that were not his. Did he give a voice to some ideas that had not been risen to a certain level over time? Absolutely. But you cannot ascribe all that credit to him. And also, like calling certain people rhinos, if you are paying attention to these people at all, they are far from rhinos, far from it. I literally was at a meeting this summer listening to Liz Cheney talk. All these liberals who get super excited about Liz Cheney for pushing back on Donald Trump are absolutely wild if they think that she's their friend. She's not their friend. This is a person who is entrenched in Republican Party everything. She is not a rhino. So like, An I don't think test, it's right yeah. to be dismissive of people who definitely well, tow the conservative line. And when well, that, that, but, that, but that's immaterial. Uh, and the fact is that Trump, and, and you're ascribing this to him actually yourself, he gave a voice to issues. We had president after president say, well, we need to guard the border better. Republicans and Democrats, if you listen to Obama when he was first campaigning, sounded mm -hmm. an awful lot like Trump. But Trump actually did something. And in that, he should gain No, he credit. didn't, though. He literally yes, didn't. He did. Republicans and the Democrats have failed, unequivocally failed, in securing our borders. Both parties have failed. So, so he didn't get stonewalled by his own party, but eventually get large swaths of the border reinforced, hundreds of miles of it? Dude, that's a, that's look a win. Look at what he actually did. Look at what he didn't do. Look at who deported more people from this country. Like, I don't That is true. Obama did material party credit. Well, yeah, you deport more people when more people are coming across the border. But under Trump, they were scared to come. So there's less people to deport. That's just and not also, true and also you had, like, that's That is true. That's literally a lie. Like, at least it's don't absolutely lie to true. people listening to this. Wait, it's how do we how do true. we know whether hold on? How do we know whether it's true or not true? What do we have to do to Numbers, find this out? Holy cow, man. Like, this is what I don't understand. You've got people who are so, so angry at both major political parties, and they're looking to choose the lesser of two evils or lesser of what's effective or whatever. 
stop giving credit to both of these parties for things they are not doing. So you're admitting well, that Trump is the Republican Party. See, here's the no, thing. I'm I think not. That people I like you didn't do that. Like, I know you think you're being cute, but I didn't do that. People like you who are in the Democratic Party, people like you, people like you that are explicitly within the Democratic Party as a I'm strategist. I'm not explicitly as a within it, dude. Okay, you're not, I'm you're not, not you're not an elected official. I, I understand that, but you've worked this with Dem than I thought it was be. You've worked with Dem campaigns and stuff. I think that y'all yeah. are afraid of Donald Trump. And so you try to denigrate him because you're Dude, terrified that he's going to come back. Trump. If Donald Trump got reelected again, you know what we would all do? Survive. We would all survive. Will we survive and, and by so inflation? Stop making him into a boogeyman and stop making him a pariah. Like Donald Trump is not even that interesting. No political will, will we survive no elected by official in this country is actually interesting. Hold on, while so while cool. I'm enjoying while I'm enjoying the spice flowing right now, and by the way, I recently watched Dune. Highly recommend it. Oh, uh, do not close up the spice jar. This yes, is great. yes, but I, but I do want to go back and uh, find out like how do we know what exactly we're talking about here when it comes to the uh, immigration numbers, deportation numbers. So uh, Jessica, where where would you get the information that you're talking about right now, where you're uh, saying that sticks is wrong? Well, the one thing that I do. I definitely do my best to pay attention to what local leadership is saying in border communities, because they are going to have other ways of measuring what they're dealing with as people come across the border, just because they're right. going to be front line. They're the ones who are having to receive people. They're the ones that are going to have to deal with rehoming. They're having to deal with security. They're having to figure out, okay, is our surge in our crime rates? Can, can it be attributed to this? They're the ones that are on the ground. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there's cohesion between local governments and the federal government when it comes to the way these numbers are counted. And so it's kind of wild to me that anyone feels comfortable listening to the numbers that are given out by any White House administration. Why would yeah, you do true. that? Like you should have a healthy distrust of what you're being told because what you are being told is ultimately going to be geared toward what any administration wants you to believe. Now you sound like a libertarian. But well, what, what I, I, no if you can't trust the numbers, then how can you say that my my uh, summation of the border crisis is wrong? If you can't trust the because numbers, you're speaking. You are speaking in definite. Like you're you're saying. Yes. It is definitely this way. It is definitely well, yes, that way. Yes, because we and had migrants. We, we had tens of thousands of migrants that waited south of the border to the second that Trump was no longer president. People held back because they realized that at the very least at the executive level, they'd probably get deported. It was par partially optics as opposed to any change in Where'd actual you get policy. Point from? I'm just curious. From, from common sense and also from many people oh, that live okay. on the Southern border. When you say that you talk to people on the Southern border, so do I. Oh, really? <laughs> I have well, hundreds of thousands have of people who can send me the Southern border. So however you want to talk about it. But to please, I, lived, I lived within sight of the Mexican border back in the 2000s for a summer. I was actually in Donna. For a summer the, back in the, the main, 2000s? Okay. Where the, cool. where the main concentration, where the main Biden, Obama-Biden concentration camp for uh, immigrant children is. Hey, where they're wrapped up in little burritos. Where they're wrapped up like their kids that. in cages. Hmm. 100% now, against it. Now, now so I, to be I fair, am too. They shouldn't be here in the first place. <laughs> to be fair, Sticks, can we not say that Trump perhaps was... Um, Yes, he was frustrated by the Republican Party, but in the early days of Trump, yeah. he should have made more decisive actions towards border security and that maybe the promises of Trump, because I do agree with Jessica that Trump was sort of like a symbol. I mean, those slew of articles where he's, you know, the first postmodern president, the post-truth president, blah, blah, blah. But 
could we say that Trump, in terms of hard policy, not was like maybe largely a failure, but probably was a frustrated sort of failed alchemy, you could say, to use a McKenna mm. term. I, I would definitely agree with that. I would have liked to have seen him change up his priorities, especially in the first couple of years. That I don't deny. Um, the like problem, what? what do you mean? Like what, oh. how would you like for him for him to have changed well, his priorities? Well, for the, first, for the first year, it was all about the ACA mainly, and also attempts at diplomacy in Israel, which he pivoted to North Korea. I thought that was a good idea, and he largely succeeded there as opposed mm. to the current administration. But yes, I would have liked to have seen him immediately focus on the border. Um, I supported when he pivoted to tax relief, but he got, I think, so bogged down with the ACA overhaul partially out of real animus towards Obama, which also I don't think anyone can reasonably deny uh, that he got distracted in that because one person mm. can only do so much. And the other problem, and I'd point this out, was obstruction by his own party. Now we see in the Democratic Party kind of the same thing. The uh, You had the gang of, well, it was the gang of four. Now it's just the geek squad with AOC and Elon Omar and the other idiots in the party all voting against the infrastructure The four horsewomen, so. as I call them. Yeah, now, well, now it's six. Oh God! And, and to push back the on what Jessica, sex tuplets. <laughs> but Jessica, you were saying about Liz Cheney. Can we not? Maybe I would say that when it comes to Republican orthodoxy, particularly like the sort of undying, unyielding support for corporations, people like Liz Cheney and Romney—they are quote unquote orthodox Republicans. But would you not say that Romney and Cheney, in particular, they have this tendency to throw like the more rabid base under the bus at every chance they get? I mean. The recent Romney like photo shoot with uh although she is quite good looking, uh what's her name? Uh the the blonde woman, you know. Uh the cinema, cinema, there you go. Oh well I don't uh, yeah, okay. I don't really pay much attention to her. Um I would say this. Oh, ooh, <laughs> you know, oh. I don't I mean like cure okay, cinema one second, let me answer your question. Yeah. Your question was do you know, does Cheney and Romney or do they frequently throw the base under the bus? In their minds they likely think that they are not throwing the base under the bus. They but think they're just like they Trump radicals. More, or, yeah, more yeah. radical individuals under the bus. Now, the way I see it, if you go and pull FEC reports and look at who's getting money from where, then they all become the same person to me. Whoa. And I say that about Republicans and Democrats, because you're looking at who's funding these people. Ultimately, everyone in Congress, everyone <laughs> is paying attention to where that money is coming from. And on a certain level, they are going to do what they have to do to keep those checks coming in the door. And I think that that's a reality that everyone needs to face. This, these squabbles that they have, all the outward facing stuff is so less important than what's actually going on. There's a, there is power that moves around in a very small area among a very few people. And that's where anything that is important that is decided happens. All this other stuff, this outward facing stuff that affects voters, yes, it matters, but it matters during election season, right? All this stuff that Cinema and Mansion is doing right now that's creating all these issues um, with progressives and with moderates and with, you know, I guess just Democratic Party uh, approval numbers. Well, you can say the same thing about the squad and the way they behave and how some people find that off putting. The issue with Cinema and Mansion, though, it breaks down one line. It's that cinema made certain promises to the people who elected her. And if you look at what she has supported, those people who actually got her elected 
feel as if she's turned her back on them. Manchin has never lied about what he is. That guy's pretty straightforward about it. I mean, it wasn't great watching him leave a parking garage in a Maserati. And of course, hashtag Maserati Mansion happened like so quickly. But one of those two people was not very forthcoming. So, I mean, your initial question, do they throw people under the bus? Man, what politician doesn't throw people under the bus? They all do it. Well, I I think Mm. the perception is that the Republicans, they've always tended to put a boot to the face of the more the right wing in general. But but I was going to ask you a follow up and then we'll get to sticks in this question as well. How do how do you think that Biden, the administration is dealing with like the uh, six horsewomen or the, the the squad, right? Hashtag squad. How do you think that they're dealing with the more far left element of their party? Because it seems that they either are outright enabling them, but maybe behind the scenes are, you know, kind of like telling them kayfabe, kayfabe, calm down. Right. So, um, I, yeah. I see a couple of different things happening and I can't say that I'm 100% correct about this, but my observations are one. um, I definitely think that there is an acknowledgement of the power that they have amassed. I do think that certain members of the squad are more amenable to working with the Biden administration than others, depending on the issue. I definitely think the squad is very well aware of their optics and their brand and what they have to do to maintain that. I think the Democratic Party as a whole is trying to figure out how you have the existence of of this growing contingent in the party and how you work with them, because to not work with them has proven to be not smart um, because it can hold up your agenda. But also you're looking at women who exist in and, and there are some men in the squad, too. Now, people who exist in relatively safe seats. Um, they'd be more likely threatened in a primary than they ever would a general, at least for the foreseeable future. So they don't have the same electoral challenges that other people do within their party. And that just happens to be a a greater number of people. I want to bring this to Sticks, actually. So uh, Sticks, what are your thoughts when it comes to uh, whether the Democratic Party should embrace the uh, squad? Oh, and before that, people were saying you didn't get a chance to finish your point before. So have the floor, Sticks. Which which point? Oh, I don't know. It's it's lost to the sands <laughs> of time now. No, but so, oh, so here's here's the fundamental problem with the squad uh, slash mansion cinema sort of nexus. The Democratic Party for years and years and years, and the Republicans as well did this. But that's I'll have to explain that separately because they went the other direction. The Democrats would always make far left promises, partially because of the primary structure. They'd get elected. People who would otherwise probably vote green would vote for them. And then they would deliver little to nothing once they got elected. Now, though, you have like the Justice Dem types picking away at some of those former safe seats that have boring incumbents that never had to run a general in the last two decades. This is how we get like AOC and stuff like that. The problem is that now that they're actually there and they're more numerous and you've got a a very, very close split in the House, they're capable of enforcing at least some of their demands leading to a schismatic dysfunction. But they're still the tiny minority within the Democratic Party overall. They're they're basically, they can hamper things. In the Republican Party, their schism largely resolved. And now many of the old guard conservatives, the ones that won't fight against Didpole, the ones that would do the hey, you know, vote for me, I'll be very far right and I'll ban gay people, but then they get in there and they don't do anything, basically. 
they got kicked aside in favor of a combination populist platform and arguably quasi-libertarian one at Elements. You have Rand Paul, et cetera, Ron Paul, <laughs> of course, not running under the LP banner at one point. Uh, and, and the problem <clears throat> for the Democrats is different, therefore. In the Republican Party, you have Trump as a technical standard bearer, or at least uh, uh, capable of being so. Other people sort of gathered around him. He had endorsed Youngkin. He's reasonably friendly with DeSantis, even though they don't share exactly the same views. In the Democratic Party, you've got something entirely different, which is that that small group is on the rise, whereas the Republicans were already subsumed by populism. The, the rhinos that are still there don't dare to speak out by and large. They don't dare to act in a schismatic manner. And this leads to dysfunction within the Democratic Party because they have to make concessions to a screeching far left which has no support whatsoever in the majority of the country. They come from, as you said, very safe blue districts, but they're screwing up the entire platform, leading to months and months and months of infighting uh, under a party that could have already passed its uh, pork barrel omnibus bill to the tune of like $4 trillion. That's probably going to be hampered because then the handful of Democrats in the Senate that can't support such measures because they get kicked out of office, Mansion Cinema, et cetera, possibly Shaheen, I would say as well, uh, they won't budge. And also far leftists don't understand negotiation. They want it all and they want it now. So Jessica, do you agree? Do I agree that far leftists uh, don't uh, understand compromise? <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I try my best to be understanding of the totality of the Democratic Party's umbrella, because mm -hmm. what I don't want to do is turn my back on one contingent of it just because it, and I'm, I'm not saying this about moderates or progressives, I'm just speaking in general. I am not interested in turning away from learning about what these different factions represent. You know, some of them are gonna be more aligned with what my needs are as a voter, um, which is a person. But then there are other people who have, you know, they have very specific needs. You know, can I, sit here and point out very concrete successes that this squad has? Can I point out a policy that they champion, they created, they champion past and get to see the benefits of? No, I can't. Um, you know, I, I think this conversation is so interesting because when you've got, I mean, I don't know how to say this politely. I'm going to try my best. This show tends to be very top heavy on um, full on disdain for the Democrats, which God knows they give you plenty of reason to be upset, but not as much of a reflective lens on conservatives or libertarians. And the lines get blurred between conservatives and libertarians because anyone, you know, and I, again, I just spent all this time talking with voters, talking with political analysts, talking with consultants, people who are running campaigns on both sides of the aisle, you know, a lot of what we talk about here is stuff that's gathered from the public domain. It's it's reaction based. It's what we read based on the sources that we choose to use to educate ourselves. But when you're on the ground in these places, the conversations become so much different. There is so much nuance. Um, you know, I really I, I think a lot about Youngkin's campaign and how he was so quick to run from Trump. And there wasn't a full embracing of Trump. And there is a lot of dislike of Donald Trump. Now, 
the one thing that Donald Trump has done for some Republicans is that he's he's brought them back into the fold. He's made them active voters. I'm not sure how long those people will stay around, you know, if, if it ends up being that the Republican Party kind of um, tries to correct itself and get back to a more moderate position. They may not keep those people. Um, and also, too, I think we're getting to a place where even though this country is incredibly politically polarized, you're going to start seeing pockets of people across the country who, you know, decide to completely cross over and vote in a totally different direction just because they're so tired of the way things are. And I actually talked to quite a few people that were like that in Virginia. They were, you know, Obama voters, they were Biden voters, and then they then they were like, we're going to vote for Youngkin. And when I asked them why, their biggest concern was the economy. And they viewed Terry McAuliffe as an extension of more of the same. And so one point that I meant to make um, earlier when Sticks brought up uh, Liz Cheney was a lot of people are really burned out on political dynasties as well. So if you have a, a repeat of a last name in American politics, people are tired of it. And so I think Cheney also has to face a lot of that as well, especially when you're going up against the grain, you're going to be painted as an insider and, and people are going to want you gone. What, what do you mean by well, the easy, way when you it's said- It's easy uh, to paint her as an insider because I mean, she is one, so. I think it's just- <laughs> She is from a dynasty. They, she, oh no, she, I mean, yeah, her father was Dick Cheney, right? Like it mm. doesn't get, <laughs> you, you don't get closer to the top than that really, short of being the daughter of the president. But um, I, I think, I think part of the Democrats problem is really at this point, the optics of Namby Pam being people who are literally socialistic or have, you know, Marxist influence while at the same time pretending to have a moderate platform. And it's very, very funny when Democrats try to paint like Trump populism as being way out there that's extreme and the republicans need to go back in the other direction what what sane republican would look at a bunch of dem strategists and and like msnbc and cnn pundits saying that and actually think that that was a good idea they don't want the republicans to win they want them to lose they want them to go back to being uh you know neocon swill to being boring and the thing is like and i've, I've reflected on the 2012 election this is a good example in 2012, we were offered a choice between Obama and Romney. I decided to vote Ron Paul because I recognize that kind of neocon filth like Mitt Romney is no different from Obama. If I shut my eyes and ignore the accent, they were saying the same things. Trump, meanwhile, actually accomplished things and they're not extreme. Fortifying the border is not extreme. Even Biden did a 180 within a few months of being in office after saying, well, we're not going to do any of this wall business anymore. And they said, oh, Maybe I'll dispense the rest of the funds to fully improve that border uh, <laughs> and things of that nature. Well, Sticks, he is giving hilarious. them But he, yeah, is it's he hilarious not... to see. It's hilarious to see people claim that having a border, that having a civic culture and that doing the things that the United States was doing anyway for decades and decades unchallenged is somehow extreme. One would believe that that Gen X was far right. That makes no sense whatsoever. I am, yeah, I am kind of curious about that. Like, uh, Jess, where would you yeah. say the extremism would be for you in what you would be seeing from more of the Trump side of the uh, Republican and then, Party? And then I wanted to talk about the treats, so. Oh, yeah. no, Gio, did, go ahead, bud. No, I, I said, finish your point, then I wanted to talk about those concrete issues that you brought up about the uh, quote-unquote treats and uh, the supply chain treats. And, uh, yeah. so. Um. Well, you know, one thing that I think about, because Trump... I think that had Trump's, and I hate to bring it down to tone, you know, had his tone and his approach, like the very things that kind of got all this fire built up behind him, 
had those things leveled out, you know, I don't think that he had faith that if, if that would have leveled out one, he, he would not have felt he was being true to himself. And two, I think he thought he might lose a lot of support if he didn't kind of keep up the show. Right. If you were to look at Youngkin's policies and Trump's policies, um, put them side by side, you'd pretty much be looking at the same person. So across the board, it's not that Trump did anything innovative. Trump just gave a different persona to a lot of the same talking points. And so a lot of these Republicans are pretty well aligned in their policy. Um, and I don't think that's going to change. It's just that Trump turned it into a circus. There was a lot of showmanship, for better or for worse. And the, the benefit to the Republican Party was that it ignited new voters. Unfortunately for them, though, they didn't like the voters that it that were ignited as a result of this, because these are going to be people who are a lot more likely to say, um, you know, if you don't if you don't go to the farthest reaches of this party, we're done with you. And so I think that you have to be fair in your analysis of what the Republican Party is as a whole. And so the question about do I what do I consider to be the most extreme? I mean, ultimately, what I think is extreme is when any one party claims to have an answer to some of these biggest issues. And we can go back to immigration and we can go back to border security. Neither party gets it right. They just don't. And it's a very complicated issue to, to address anyway, because you're talking about the physical infrastructure. You're talking about policies. You're talking about the, the global relations that we have with these nations that are bleeding uh, immigrants. That's not good. And then when something stacks up at your border, then the question becomes, what do I do with this? Because you've got to answer the question of what's your well, humanity. But, but, but Jessica, I've, I've got to, yes, I've got to weigh yes. in here. Yeah. Uh, yes. You, you talk about extremists within the Republican Party, but then in the same breath, you say that Trump's not Trump's no different. He's no innovator. And he's the same as like all the other Republicans, like they're all like 99% the same. So where's the extremism, number one? And number two, yes, things were demonstrably better under Trump. Did we no, have shortages? They just no. Like you can't say we they were demonstrably better under Trump. You literally don't have data to support that. Like sure I, know I do. Say it with authority. <laughs> sure I do. Remember when Obama said that he yeah. couldn't get the unemployment any lower, and then he lowered it by like four points. Remember when there was no shortages? Dude, do you there know was no how long it crisis? takes to do that? Do you know how long it takes to do that? Do you have any concept of what happens yeah, between it took, a, it took him a couple of years. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Because nothing existed beforehand. So you know what? The other thing is, <laughs> well, when you're well, talking to be about fair, though, wait, wait, wait. it's not, it is not that I'm sitting here saying that Trump was the only extremist. What I'm saying is that just. No, like you said he's not extreme. You compared party, him to Youngkin. God, dude, that is not, you need to put your listening ears on. Let me help Wait, you. We, what we I'm need saying a is, of this. what I'm saying is that Donald Trump, he does appeal to very extreme voters, voters who do like extremist positions. He so knew socialists? how to talk to those people, whatever you want to call them. Man. Well, to be, to be fair, Jessica, in the United States, they don't get socialism. Socialism is not well understood. In the a self-professed socialist tried and failed to run in Buffalo and CRT claims a Marxist origin. So, okay, look, you're just like, okay, you're just talking to talk right now. Getting back to the question that was asked. You're the a question natural that born was asked, politician. You'll run for office fairly soon and you'll probably win. I have absolutely oh. no interest in running for office, dude. That is not what brings me joy. So like, when you're talking about extremism, you can identify points of extremism with both major parties. But the way extremism is measured in the United States, especially if you're if you're measuring it against how extremism is measured in other countries, you're going to have vast discrepancies between 
how we would measure extremism if we were looking at like what the Southern Poverty Law Center claims to be extreme, right? It's going to be a little different. So it depends on if your thing is the economy, if that's your jam, you're going to view certain politicians as extremists. Whereas if climate is your thing, you're going to look at other politicians as extremists. It just depends on your issue. Mm. So you have to be able to put on different hats. What I'm saying is, though, Trump's behavior is a lot of what created an opportunity for people to call him an extremist. But if you look at the Republican Party's policies, just blanket, like lay them all down on a table, you're going to find tons of similarities there. You just are. Mm. So it just depends. The but, but then if we were I to define it, but, so if, then we were, the if we were, the extremism boils down to mean tweets, quite literally. No, not really. His attitude. No, no, I think wait, if, if we were to. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Just to be provocative. Wait, wait, hold, hold on a second. Okay, so well, if, we, if we were if we were to say, okay, so if, if we were to just have extremism be defined mm-hmm. as specific policies that were enacted that, let's say, uh, Democrat supporters would look at and say, these policies are so extremist and horrible, what would would those policies be what would the most extreme policy be that was actually undertaken or attempted let's say to be undertaken under the trump administration that you would be able to point to and say this is an example of this extremist operating in this very extreme way by enacting this very extreme policy like what would or, be the, or is it just like symbolic topic? exchange pretty much i think there's Geo, like you were saying, I think the symbolism, the symbolic exchange is like a very real thing. But also, you know, Lev, when you were asking the question, the first thing that came to mind was, um, remember when Trump, huh? The Muslim ban that was. Yeah, yeah. Remember when all that was going down and people were like super angry about where people were going to be, where the band was extended. Seems like a thousand years ago by now. It does. (laughs) It really, really does. And then, and then remember how the ban wasn't blanket across the Middle East. And then people started making connections between, oh, well, where, where does your family get money from, you know, behind closed doors? There were all those questions that I do think were legitimate to be asked. Now you Mm -hmm. can look through American, like U.S. political history, and you can find extremist policies that um, the Democrats rallied behind way back when, but at the time may not have been considered extremist, but today might be. Um, I think that it's all about circumstance. It's all about time. Mm -hmm. You know, because look at what happened during the coronavirus. When there was talk about shutting the world down, people got on board with that pretty quickly and didn't say a, a mm. thing. And so it's all a matter of what scares you. Well, uh, right? well, let's look at the Muslim ban just for a second here. So, Sticks, uh, what do you think well, about that particular uh, instance? Would yeah. you say that it is as extreme as um, uh, Jessica pointed out right now? Would that no, be an example? It wasn't, it wasn't extreme at all, and it wasn't a Muslim ban. It had to do with nations in which there were significant amounts of potential terrorist activity. I would have gone far further. There were plenty of nations that should have been added to that list, but Saudi weren't. Arabia. Uh, yeah, I- exactly. You know, the yeah, main architects of 9-11. Just like we should probably have a, a continuing uh, ban on Chinese travel for, uh, in retribution for the China virus. That, by the way, oh, Obama man. and Biden were involved with helping to fund and also Fauci through the NIH. <laughs> oh, okay. even but, but, there's there's but, but in that case, for you. But in by that the way, case, we should, we should yeah. probably talk about Ashley Biden's uh, uh, diary well, as well. Well, I mean, this on. is on <laughs> this is on YouTube sticks, so we'll see. Like, uh, we'll, we'll play it by ear. Maybe we can see his name. But, we uh, can use uh, we can use Crayol here, like uh, you've taught us to do. I, I but be- call it the but before that, Biden yeah. allegedly doing naughty things. Yes, yeah. but before but before that, I just want to see. So sticks presented an alternative, let's say, view of looking at this particular ban that was enacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica, do you agree with Sticks's well, analysis of this though. particular? Thing? Oh, hold on. 
on to you. We gotta yeah, yeah, yeah. we gotta wrap this particular part up. So uh, Jessica, do you agree with Styx's view of that uh, particular uh, ban? Now that Styx elaborated a bit more on what exactly it was, it doesn't sound that extreme in that case. So uh, let me know what you think. Well, okay, you're talking. Are we talking specifically about the quote unquote Muslim ban? Yes, because I asked okay. before what's the extreme thing, and this is the thing that you offered, and yeah. then Sticks replied. If you so. have any other extreme he brought up China, though. and so I wanted to make sure I was addressing the right point. So, yes. Yes. you know, at the time, did I view it as extreme? I viewed it as extreme at the time because it wasn't as comprehensive as it should have been if he was going to really enact a ban that he thought was going to keep us safe. I thought a lot of it definitely had the whole weird dog whistle thing going on. It was pretty obvious because you're cherry picking countries and you're not being comprehensive about it. You know, like Saudi Arabia, why weren't they on that list? Why weren't, you know, why isn't that another target as well? Well, for obvious reasons, because you're getting money from them. So it's kind of like, what do I do to appease people in my country to make them feel safe based on the fears that I stoke that other politicians have stoked over the years? But how do I also continue lining my pocket? So I thought the whole thing was bullshit. Is it extreme, though, when the fear is uh, warranted? And is the fear even warranted? So, Sticks, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but it's yeah. very rare that actually we get to look at a particular issue thoroughly. So uh, yeah, let me know, I, I, let me know I what think, you think. I think knee-jerk reactions can definitely be a problem. I'm getting the sense that you think that the problems within the Democratic Party are largely related to, to uh, money, like corporate donations and stuff. I think Almost you're a little bit more damning of them than I am. I just think that they're generally dysfunctional ideologically, but ideologies and so forth can be more easily fixed. You seem to think that they're all, you know, on the payroll of uh, the mafiosos of the globalist cabal. Well, like, Jim Connor secured uh, the Chicago vote for Kennedy. So <laughs> no, I have be. a problem with how much money plays a role in U.S. politics, but I don't see that changing in any significant way in my lifetime. And I think that it's unfortunate because... Mm. I def, you know, I understand there was a ruling about corporation and personhood and, and how they're able to mm. give. I don't Citizens like it. United. Something, yeah, I wish that I wish it were overturned. And I, I wish that we would go even further and look at policies that were enacted well before Citizens United that actually paved the way for Citizens United. I, I hate all of it, um, because if you really want to make this fair, if you really want to like let this be something that serves the people, let it be without the money. Let it be, hmm. let it open the primaries. Let well, people, let the best well, ideas rise. Well, yeah, regardless, we, we agree on that yes. one, yeah. Well, uh, regardless of the money question, when it comes to extremism, I could be looking at this the wrong way here, Jessica, but it seems like what was offered as an example of this big extremism upon further um, uh, inspection, there's a lot more nuance going on in here. I mean, sure, you could say dog whistle this, dog whistle that, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, when it comes to certain policies that were enacted, sure, there are going to be people that will be in favor of it for one reason or another, but as far as how you actually look through a history of any particular party and define, like, for example, FDR, put the uh, Japanese citizens into internment camps. We can all Stole agree that is, yes, that it's very, very extreme. Yeah. So in that sense, what would measure up? Not not to that level, but still, like, what would be the closest possible thing that would measure up? Because there is this sense that a lot of Democrats see the Trump administration as a whole as being this example of this rabid extremism that has to be, um, that has to be dealt with. So right now, I'm not exactly buying that particular example to be mm -hmm. strong enough for the reasons I just stated so let me know like would there be anything else that could be uh uh sh sh showed here sure i will i personally have any i have a problem with both the obama and trump administrations and the way they treated immigrant children i just i can't let it go 
it bothers me. I mean, the fact that you had kids that were literally living in overcrowded cages um, in really poor conditions. I mean, fuck, look at what's happening at Rikers. I understand it's a prison, but I also believe in, you know, human dignity and, you know, operating above board. You know, I'm, I'm also a person who is, this is going to start a whole new thing here, I'm sure, but I don't favor the death penalty because I don't believe in the government's ability to get it right. And so, um, and also too, I think that's just way too much power for the government to have. But at the same time, if, if I were a mother and you killed my child, I wouldn't want the government to kill you. I would want to kill you. And, you know, I, I have strong views about those things. So no, I mean, I think we should execute more of them, but I'm probably alone here on that. I actually, that I actually agree with Jess on this one. I'm anti-death penalty too. I think that vigilantism should be the law of the land. Yeah. Mm. I, an <laughs> eye for an eye. Yeah. But, 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 but wait, 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 point, though, I wanted to love, I think Jessica, what you were saying before is that in terms of, I, I know it's a Bulgarian term, symbolic exchange, but in terms of the media apparatus around Trump, I think I agree with you in that. Would you say sticks? It's true that perhaps maybe if Trump were to have toned down his rhetoric, that he wouldn't have experienced such a huge pushback to where he became the symbol of, well, America has this dark heart of like racism and xenophobia and uh, I don't know, um, far right white nationalism, blah, 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 blah. And that Trump gave a voice as a lightning rod to uh, these evil uh, David Dukes in hiding. So yeah, the people I, he immediately disavowed 16 times. Uh, I right, think but Trump it made, almost didn't I, matter because yeah, he, but I think I think Trump made the right decision because he correctly judged that because he is not part of the swamp, as he would loosely term it, in the same sense, had not been in politics before, although he was from the donor class. I think he correctly predicted that he would be raked over the coals by the legacy media anyway, even if he kissed their ass. And so he hmm. said, screw it. He decided to go way, way off in the other direction. And I support him for it. And it was very entertaining. And I hope he goes Grover Cleveland mode and gets another four years of raking them over the coals in return. But but it is true what Jessica was bringing up that there are certain politicians that were quite burned by Trump in that he left either left them in the lurch or their legacies are sort of soiled because they're never going to like even like people on the far right, they're sort of disavowing Trump for lack of action. So I I, I don't know. It's. Yeah, it's like Trump wasn't enough of a Nazi for actual Nazis, and he was, he was supposedly a Nazi to the leftoids. He, he can't win in that sense, so he decided to just stay true to himself, say and do what he wanted. The only problem I think he had in his presidency was what, he, what order he did things in. He should have immediately prioritized the border. He should have left the ACA largely off the off the burner. Yeah. The only yeah. problem is that the, at that point, even the rhino, like the neoconsorts, really, really wanted to go after the ACA. He should have done that simultaneously and delegated that while focusing entirely on the border and tax relief, the latter of which he won very early on, the former of which languished until basically uh, the second half of his term. And I mm. think that was that was arguably Trump's biggest mistake was his prioritization of what was going on. So so I want to, uh, since uh, we're uh, getting uh, towards the uh, last part of the uh, program, the I want to go back... Or? Well, I want to go back to certain things that were said earlier, but also, uh, Jessica, when you were talking about uh, the extremism and you mentioned the uh, border situation regarding the uh, kids in cages and all that, my biggest uh, kind of pet peeve here is that, yes, these are big problems, but these are problems that have been inherited by and are shared by both administrations. So specifically here, what I would like to do from now on is specifically focus on one administration or the other as far as any policy that would be, let's say, uh, specific 
to that particular party. So in that case, before we move on to the Democrat Party, just to kind of uh, finish this uh, part off, what would you say was something that would be extreme within specifically the Trump uh, Republican Party that you would not find within examples of the uh, Democratic Party doing the same thing? Okay, so let me make sure I've got this right. Something that I would find within the Trump Party that I wouldn't find within the Democratic Party. In yes, ex like excluding yes, yes, specifically policies like not tweets, but specifically yeah. specifically policies. So this yes. would be, I think this is going to be a little off the beaten path, and I, I say this just because this is content that I study. So I have a really, really, really big problem with misinformation and disinformation, and how it is transmitted through larger platforms that we all rely on to a certain degree. And I think the Trump administration, you know, because of of the way they viewed free speech and their favorability toward larger corporations, you know, I think that it all mushroomed quite a bit under them through smaller policies. And so I know that's a little bit more nuanced. It's not as broad and it doesn't make for as fun of a conversation, but that's kind of where my mind went as you were asking this question. So, um, you know, that said, the Biden administration is going to have to find a way to answer to that. And we're seeing a lot of it play out now with what's happening with Facebook, but I don't really have high hopes. You know, I don't think that either party is going to be able to get this right because the conversation always breaks down along the lines mm -hmm. of free speech. So uh, it looks like a, a complicated battle on the horizon. Well, are, are you talking about disseminating uh, fake information? Would that be something that you would say was more on the side of the Trump administration as opposed to, let's say, uh, the um, both the media apparatus mm -hmm. uh, and the uh, actual Democratic Party? I think that for the longest time, uh, disinformation has been a problem in politics, like for forever. And I just think it's a tactic that's been used it grew legs in a totally different way under the Trump administration. But, you know, if I'm being if I'm giving the people who were working for his first campaign any sort of grace. Right. You know what they saw was an opportunity to utilize a platform in a way that had not been utilized before. And it wasn't until after he won that people had a huge problem with it. And so it makes those people look like hypocrites and it, it makes him look like a genius. And, you know, somewhere in between all of that is the actual issue, which is you've got a lot of these large companies that are just not very well regulated, but they can do a lot of damage. They can have a lot of influence and they can put a lot of power in the hands of, of people who you might like it right now, but you may not like it later down the road. So we're not doing a very good job in terms of our, our intellectual um, you know, like safeguards, you know, how we're protecting ourselves how we're protecting younger people. You know, I don't know if you guys saw this, but recently there was this study about, I think it came out of the UK. I'd have to dig it up, but it's the study about these kids that have been exposed to um, negative content. In particular, there was a girl who was struggling with depression, she was super young, and she was getting online and she was looking up information about her depression, about her sadness. And instead, what she found was a community that was leaning into that sadness. And then because of the way these algorithms work, more and more content was being fed to her that was actually hurting her and kind of influencing her. And then she ended up killing herself and she was maybe like what, 10 years old. And so there's gotta be a way to, to deal with this, to keep kids safe, because I think everybody in this conversation values knowledge. They value access to knowledge, but someone's got to be the adult yeah. in the room. You can't leave these yeah. kids. In although, I would, although I am, I, I am like concerned to, about I, the uh, think of the children thing sticks. Go on. Yes, yeah. I was just going to say that Machilin's 
Uh, that's the way that censorship and wars and every other negative thing in the world are sold to us. Uh, the idea of fake information or satirical material, which often gets lumped in with that being a new thing and, and Trump you know, caused it or whatever, uh, that's just a dog whistle for censorship. And I think there's no more extreme view, arguably, than believing that the government and private corporations should team up to look for ways to sanitize content and shut people up if they're saying bad things. They're saying I'm not something saying wrong. Saying sanitize or shutting people up. Well, it, 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 that saying. would be that is what you would have to do because a no, war on inf misinformation is a war no, on not. people's That's opinions. Literally, automatically. Not what you'd have well, to do. well, hold on, Jess. That so is what, what you would what absolutely would be, have to do. That. Well, well, sticks. One second, Jess. What would be your proposal since you disagree with sticks that that's yeah, what I'm would not, have to be done? I mean, you're you're looking at this as if a house can only be built one way, and that's just not true. This well, you can't put the roof on. You can't put creative. the roof in the okay, basement. Again, being reductionist to answer the question that Lev asked, what I would say is that you do have a responsibility if you want children to have access to the internet. And I did use a very clear example. I am talking about a young girl who did kill herself, and her father was able to retrace her steps online to see what it was that she was taking in. These algorithms are no joke, y'all. They're not like. The, everything about what you see online is rooted mm. in the way you but let's but online. let's be very practical here literally what would be the proposal that you have for this that would not be something that sticks just get mentioned control of the yeah. algorithms get control of that shit you were smart enough to create it find a way to get control of it that's all i'm saying i don't think i mean all these people that are like we got to keep kids off the internet it's a dangerous place i'm not for that that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is be responsible with your product that's what I'm saying. And like, I know well, you guys I, are I laughing should, about this and being dismissive. Well, well there should funny. be some regulation of social it's media. It's kind of companies. incredible how flippant some people can be about this. It's a real problem. And you're okay with it right now because it doesn't make you mad or it doesn't offend you or it hasn't worked negatively against you. But I'm telling you, this is a problem that is going to be left to the hands of a very few people in the future. In this conversation right here, this isn't gonna matter at all. There are gonna be a handful of people that can actually deal with this. It literally does come down to a matter of national security because this is where no, all doesn't. your future wars are gonna be fought. They're not gonna be with bombs and guns and shit like that. It's gonna be situations where very few specialized people can actually do the heavy lifting. And it's gonna be happening while, happening while you're sleeping, happening while we're sitting here shooting the shit. It's be afraid, bad. everyone. They're coming no, for you while you sleep. I remember I, hearing so virtually the same that thing. You're not even enjoyable to talk to because you're so worried about your own ego that you can't even have a decent exchange. You're just reductionist and it's boring. Like mm. I now you're going off into emotional la la land. Well, well, I, I remember on, hearing yeah. almost exactly the same points made after 9/11. War has changed. No, now it's going to. It, we, we need thing. more. We need more security. We definitely no, need to censor the library books because terrorists are going to get you. Terrorists I literally didn't you. It's say that. Now. Well, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Jess, to, to be fair to what Stick said, you are implying here that there would have to be more of a security on the internet to prevent certain things from happening. I and literally this is said, address your issue with your algorithms. Why is that offensive? Why does no, that well, matter? Well, well, hold on, hold on. When who you say when, how it's addressed, yeah. though? Who makes the decision? The people who own the companies. They're the ones that They already are making the decision. They've already made the decision. These these companies already heavily censor users. How much more censorship can no, you they have don't. before you don't have an no internet? Of course censored. they do. Half the people, half the people that I want to watch, they're not on any of these mainline tech platforms. And most of these people, they are not extremists. They're Who? not promoting Who do you violence want to or watch terrorism. This band? 
Well, Stefan, there's Malmue, a lot of people just thing, you can say you can say he's offensive, but he's not a terrorist. He doesn't promote violence. Are he's you talking gone. about YouTube and Facebook? Like when they went YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Okay, my question is to you is this. Why is it that you take everything I say and turn it into a completely different conversation to dismiss what I'm saying and also to avoid addressing what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I was literally talking about a very specific thing. If I could be in the yes, monkey in the middle here, children. Yeah. wait, 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 Sticks, hold on. If I could be monkey in the middle here for a second, I think what Sticks is coming from is what Thomas Sowell talks about as being unintended consequences. So when we want something to happen to, let's say, create more security for uh, our children, let's say, and it could be a very noble goal, I think where Sticks is coming from is that he is concerned that a lot of these multinational corporations, tech companies, when you give them more regulatory power in the scope of, let's say, having the government play a more active role, you know, for the sake of helping children, let's say, that's going to create unintended consequences that may not be something that uh, you may consider uh, at the time. And I think the reason why Sticks was bringing up uh, specifically what happened uh, in 2001 is because that did end up uh, leading people, you know, to be very afraid of what would happen if we didn't do something. So they jumped the gun. And this is something Sticks, uh, I think, does not want to have happen. So just to be clear, like, I understand yeah, Sticks could be pretty what? Here's the thing. Every yeah. time we have these exchanges, you know what you do? You always go and you take the side of the person that I'm talking with. You are always doubling down and explaining <laughs> other points for them that they didn't quite make. And you, you do this literally happens in every exchange. This is literally one of the biggest reasons why I, I stopped coming on when you would invite and why me. are you here because, no, because i appreciate what lev does well, let me def- let me defend no, i'm not insulting the show i'm not insulting the show i'm literally speaking truth and if truth bothers you as an insult then you need to revisit that within yourself okay well, truth to Jessica, let me, as you are about everyone else what i'm saying is this it gets old it gets old because you say you want to have an exchange of ideas and you start the exchange but then the minute i say anything back to, to refocus the conversation to where we actually were having it instead of it drifting off in a million directions like it always does. And I'm having to answer five things at once when the person who is, I guess, opposite of me is getting to establish some through line that I'm expected to adhere to. It just gets really old. And Why also, don't live in I literally was talking about algorithms. Then. I'm not talking about some people being banned from platforms. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a bigger issue that no one seems to want to talk about because they want to talk about their own grievance instead. So what conversation was I invited into? Well, 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 wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, please, please. I have to, I have to address this. Like, come on, I can go eat a bowl of cereal and let wait, you guys have this wait, conversation. Jessica, Jessica, oh, okay. I have to address Usually what you're talking about. Usually I'm talk- the far right hold one. On, the hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jessica, I do have to address uh, what you're talking about here because it's hard for me to say, like, I'm going to be in the very middle of all points here. I am very much concerned, again, coming from the USSR and all that. I am very much concerned about censorship. I am very much concerned about unintended consequences. But at the same time, I would want there to be something done to, let's say, uh, uh, prevent a lot of these horrible things from happening. I just, when I try to weigh, you know, the things that you're talking about right now regarding, you know, these very uh, horrible things that are happening. Yeah, that are happening. Yeah, algorithms. Literally yes. that. The, 
yes, the way that algorithms work, what ends up happening to kids online from them, I'm trying to weigh like who exactly needs to be empowered to do something about this with the possible consequences of when they end up getting empowered, what may happen in the broader scope to a lot of people, how a lot of people may start suffering from, let's say, having more of a China-style social credit system being applied widely with let's say, uh, the argument about helping kids being kind of like the door that opens that up. So I don't want to put you in a bad position, but I want to be honest in terms of what I believe in here. I'm not going to be exactly well, in the middle. I think what Jessica is saying, though, I'm, I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but you're saying that it's not merely the free speech issue. It's more of the fact that huge swaths of the internet in terms of public infrastructure, which I truly believe they're public infrastructure. I think what she's saying sticks is that when it's in the hands of corporations and there's no sort of re proper regulation, there are a lot of, I, I know like it's a meme war has changed, but it is kind of true. I mean, there is cyber sort of warfare going on between China and the US I and mean, warfare, but there certainly is a lot of shady things going on. So I think what Jessica is saying is that we need a sort of a capacity um, as a nation to regulate, maybe not or have a greater oversight over the critical infrastructure, which will be key to a lot of things, including economic and various other forms of uh, cyber warfare. I know I'm making it sound like uh, mm. the, uh, that one Star Trek episode of Private Little War, but I mean, who knows? In the future, maybe we'll uh, have war in the metaverse and uh, yeah. it'll be like Call but, of uh, Duty, I don't know. But, but Sticks, can something be done to, let's say, address the problems, and I think they are real problems that Jess is uh, bringing up here, while at the same time making sure that the worst case scenarios don't end up occurring? The ones that no, you're talking no, about. No, I don't. I don't believe that. that you're not can a be cybersecurity done. expert. You no, literally I'm a content just creator. Aren't. Like no, I'm a content not. creator, and, and, and I've mean, been subjected to censorship. Wait, 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 hold on, please, please, one, one at a time, please, please, one at a time. I'm, so, I'm, a, I'm not a cybersecurity expert. I'm a content creator who has had censorship applied to them and seen many other creators censored as well. And I feel like the majority of that it has it doesn't have to do with disinfo. It doesn't have to do the Russian propaganda. It was somebody got offended by the content that they made, or they, they simply had views that were outside of the orthodoxy, regardless of what those views are. Libertarians, people are more nationalistic. There have been left-wing groups that have been banned too. Facebook went on a purge a few years ago and banned hundreds of progressive groups like Top Block that were dedicated to basically the proto-defund the police movement. That is censorship. The bigger issue here is how large Facebook has gotten. And that is what I was trying to get to. But instead, you guys had to take it down some rabbit hole, personal grievance. This is <laughs> literally not what you said. But was it a fair characterization of so what big. I was? And I mean, they, they do have so much authority. They're almost so big that they can't be in any way controlled. So they mushroom out and they edge out anything else that could ever be invented to compete. I mean, yeah, this that is, is for true. example, but yeah, look at what's going on yeah. on the right. You have different platforms that have emerged as a response to what Twitter decided to do by kicking Donald Trump and other people off the platform. Well, then the issue becomes Twitter has had like, what, a 15 year or more lead on getting people to um, to exchange ideas and thoughts like in, in that particular type of forum. It is hard to build something that can compete with that. And so. I'm telling you, like, you've got a hand, like a lot of power concentrated in the hands of a few, and it's going to be even harder to deal with that in the future. But instead, every conversation is boiled down to personal grievance. And it's mm. just like, well, Jessica, the the though, conversation? Jessica, if I, we're I talking think that about is true. Wait. A lot of people on the right, they don't yeah. look at it systematically in terms of actual policy of how we go about mm. breaking up these tech monopolies. I think it is largely like the symbolic 
figurehead of someone like Alex Jones getting banned or someone like Donald Trump getting banned. Mm -hmm. And Twitter, I hate to say it, is kind of like the least of them. I think Facebook is and YouTube are far more egregious. I'm very sorry, Susan. I'm very sorry. Don't ban us. Please, please, please. But yeah, YouTube has been almost worse than Twitter. But yeah, go ahead, love. Sorry. No, but not not just about that, but also uh, I agree that... uh, it would be better if something uh, could be done here as far as making sure that the algorithms don't go haywire. But my biggest concern, again, Jessica, is what exact proposition would you have as far as making sure that when that is done, it's not going to result in, like you're saying, few people have power. What exactly would the proposition be to make sure that that would not be the case with like uh, government intervention, for example? How do we make sure that fewer people don't have the power in this case uh, with the government? So how do how do I make sure that fewer people don't have power? What did I don't? Yes. How do we make sure that fewer people in the government, if we're talking about specifically government regulation, how do we make sure that that does not create an even worse situation than the one that we're currently in right now? Because I think that's that's the thing that sticks was focusing on when it comes to his disagreement with you here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, nobody wants to do anything that's going to put more hands and more power in the hands of the government where you're you're just opening yourself up to more government regulation, especially, I mean, for a business, because businesses have bottom lines and their bottom line is always going to be serving their stakeholders. That's just the way it goes. What you can't have, though, is a situation where these businesses that emerge and the, the existing ones, in, well, more importantly, the existing ones, where they're able to conduct business in a way that just is creating a net negative whether it be what young people are consuming or people being kicked off certain platforms because of the ideas they have. Now, a business is going to have the right to say, like, look, if you have, you know, like if you have anti-Semitic views, we don't want you on this platform. That is their choice. And it's and it is your choice to, you know, or it's your, I guess, your responsibility or your it's on you to go find another place where you can share those ideas but there is you know, no other place so that's the well, problem and that's the Jessica. thing like that's 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 a you problem i mean i'm sorry but like if you have uh, anti-semitic views and you can't find a home for it to go say something about it online yeah but what's I mean, considered anti-semitic is kind of like expanding by the day according sure, look, to and the that's ADL a whole and, other geo totally hear you that's that's a whole other conversation but we're going a little bit no but we're going a little <laughs> bit off the issue here i do want to get back to the democratic party well, also, we've both be, got a hard yes hard stops i think so Yes, exactly. So let's get back to the Democratic Party. The only thing that I'll say here is I think the question is still open for me personally when it comes to how do we prevent there being problems from the algorithm uh, while at the same time, the reason why I do lean more with sticks here, Jessica, specifically Mm -hmm. because I don't think we fleshed out the unintended consequences of uh, regulation, what exactly that would mean, whether the cure is going to be a lot worse than disease. But this is a very important conversation, which I look forward to having uh, later on as time progresses. But I do want to get back to the Democratic Party right now, kind of like the final thing here. What would you say, uh, I know it's kind of a broad question here, but what would you say, regardless of whether the squad is there or whatever, what would you say would be the reason that you would vouch 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 for the demo uh, for the democratic oh. party as far as uh why people should let's say uh go with them as opposed to the republicans in the uh, years to come what are some of the highlights that you are seeing as opposed to the negatives and i would ask the same thing of sticks and then sure. we'll yeah um for, well for the democratic party i definitely believe that you know there is talent there you do have really great ideas and i think that its biggest problem is that we're not getting out the democratic party isn't getting out of its way fast enough out of its own way fast enough you've got a lot of people with a lot of really great ideas that are worth giving a shot i think that you have 
um, progressives in the mix and even moderates that can get behind policies that would really help people just go about living a, a better quality of life in this country, you know, whether it be the enhancements you can make to transportation, whether you can kind of supplement the different changes that families are going to be experiencing in the years to come. You know, one of the biggest concerns that I have uh, beyond the student loan bubble that is going to burst is going to be what you do with your aging population, because at some point, you know, uh, with rising cost of health care, there are going to be a lot of people our age that are going to have to have older loved ones come back home and they're going to be their primary caretakers. I think the Democratic Party is going to put forth solutions to helping make life a little bit easier for those people. So um, that matters to me a lot because I stand to be one of those but, people. Uh -huh. But wouldn't you say that in terms of, uh, and we'll bring this to sticks, in terms of hard policy that Biden has sort of um, really let down a lot of systemic issues like this is why i brought up the supply chain issue is because you have like a combination of like shortages with like certain uh let's call them sacrament mandates that are putting pressures on teamsters and, and uh people who like low uh dock workers and so forth and he's really not relenting on any of that it seems that uh, and then on the other end you have like democrats like or of the you know ironist variety saying well they just want their treats so who cares it's like you know it's a good thing if you don't drink any milk every day so it's like i, I don't know about that like would you say jessica to that sort of oh i thought you directed that question to Sticks. Well, for okay. you then, Sticks, and we'll give Sticks the floor because he hasn't, uh, yeah. he's been very... Yeah. And there's a hard uh, stop yeah. coming really, really soon, so... Yeah, just yeah. go ahead and let him talk. Go ahead. All right. All right. Sticks, supply chain issue, go. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say the Democratic Party is redeemable in the sense that if they just have their collapse at some point and do some soul-searching, they could fix the schism within their party, but they're going to have to choose. Do they want to be a left-wing party, like the squad like Bernie Sanders, or do they want to be like a party of JFK thing? I'd prefer the latter and I'd consider voting Democrat if they had people, more people that, that were sane. The problem is that you have a demented man currently in the White House uh, <laughs> and a party that's completely dysfunctional. And this is a problem for me. It doesn't mean that I'm a Republican or that I even like most of the Republicans in Congress, especially because I don't. I like Trump's populism. I don't find it extreme or objectionable. I like Rand Paul and a few others, but that's more than when I look at the Democratic Party in the preponderance, it's not really lesser of two evils, but it's more like the Republicans are tolerable. And most of the time at this point, they have reformed somewhat. And the Democrats only occasionally have any ideas whatsoever that make any friggin' sense whatsoever. Hmm. So uh, I think we're going to be uh, concluding this right now. But before that, I just want to first I want to say, Jessica, thank you so much for uh, being a part of this. And I understand that, let's say, when it comes to even uh, my leanings, even though I do lean more with sticks when it comes to issues, the reason why Break the Rules is done here, I have been defending liberalism in general God knows how long when it comes to, I mean, Gio, you know about this. As far as the kind of uh, things that get brought up here, I think liberalism is something that's worth defending. I think Sticks would also agree. Not, let's say, uh, leftism, but as far as... You know, I having, don't agree for yes, the Yeah, yeah, see, G Gio doesn't agree. That's the whole point. And it's important <laughs> to have these kind of conversations. But, the, but Jessica, I think what's very important here is that somebody like yourself does come on so we can have an opportunity to speak to people who uh, disagree with us. I am never going to be somebody who would try 
try to find like, okay, what's the middle between this and this? I do lean in a certain, let's say, more libertarian-minded direction. But at the same time, I do appreciate you uh, basically uh, wanting uh, to, you know, wanting me to take a closer look as far as what are some of my blind spots as well? What is something that I have not considered here? And I am trying, but still, at least for this point, and it could change, but at least for this point, I still see certain, let's say, potential government intervention when it comes to algorithm, especially mm -hmm. when we're dealing just like with regular human beings like you and me, being something that is just as, if if not more, dangerous than the situation we currently find ourselves. So that's just my oh, I have point one of final there. question, Jessica. I, I've yeah. debated about answering this, uh, asking this, but you worked under Pete Buttigieg. Are, are, are bridges and roads inherently racist, in your opinion? That's a fine question. Um, okay, well, look, guys, I really appreciate your time today. My favorite thing about this morning has been looking at all the misogynistic comments made about me. That's, that's please don't read fun. the chat, please. No, don't. no, it's cool because, you know what, I, I guess I'm the one who agreed to be here. It's been really cool seeing that. You know, uh, it's a great reminder of what the world can actually be like. So thanks to everyone in the chat for you know, how you've decided to behave today. I don't see you saying anything about men, but you're definitely going to talk shit about women. So y'all keep it real. Thanks so much for letting me come onto the show. Um, have a great day, y'all. Thank you so much for coming in, Jessica. Oh, I mean, look, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, this is, this is the internet and anybody who comes to any program where nothing is being censored when it comes to what people say of course you're going to get that and i think jessica knows that this is what happens well to be fair so, like yeah listen i love yeah. the chat I, I, I love by, the by, by the way, can, but to be can, fair you guys I, kind it, of are not, a little bit oh, too harsh yeah. on her. Oh, it's 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 not fair for me to keep talking when she's signed off so i'll just i'll uh yeah. yes I'll, I'll end it here and i'll th uh, say thanks for having me on again uh yes chat did get incredibly dicey but i mean i see more spoons and let's go brandon than anything else yeah, yeah. spoons Sp oh. to be clear uh let me clarify spoons are not inherently racist there are plenty of spoons that are black as well and uh one last thing by the way sticks before you go patreon.com slash break the rules you can get and sticks you recently got this in the mail the sticks dragon over here the wooden sticks dragon so if you become a 50 dollars patron you are going to get a facsimile of that uh, same uh, dragon design if you become a 20 dollars patron you are going to get a smaller version of that same design as well if you mention that you uh, that stick sent you so patreon.com slash break the rules become a patron today and sticks uh thank you so much for coming thank in thank you my friend we'll say Take that's care. about all and peace out Peace out. And we're going to super chats? Yes, or? now it is time for super chats. Yeah, you wow, you people is... in the... Oh my God, you chat. You fucking ruined it for... I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Like, in all fairness, I think it's not every woman that comes on BTR. Like, I, I think it's obvious that women who lean more to the right have had a very pleasant experience. But I don't know. I, I guess... I mean, there are some bangers in the chat. I'm not going to lie. Like, the, you guys are... <laughs> you guys are wilding. But I mean, I like for people uh well when we read super chat especially you lisa bode fuck uh call me a simp and all that i think i i'm tr i was trying my best to sort of um i i you know i i i think that uh it, it is kind of overwhelming like because me you and sticks were sort of we lean together in a lot of things so i think i was just trying to uh do my best to um, speak to what Jessica was trying to say, because I don't, I, I never want, I feel like a guest can come on and get, you know, totally mogged. Although there was that one guy that came on the, anyways, <laughs> it, I think you know what you're referring to, Lev, uh, the, yes. the, 
the Mr. Girl guy. Yes. Um, but no, I, I don't want any guest to come on and feel like she's being mogged and piled on to. But uh, I, because, you know, yeah. I, I think Jessica, she is one of the best of the Democrats because it is very difficult even for a show that's like, doesn't attract as much of a quote unquote right wing audience. It's very difficult to get like genuine liberals or genuine people on the left. I mean, we've had like far left and communists on before, but in terms of people who are within sort of democratic party orthodox, I mean, I'm Canadian, but you know what I mean? Like, let's say like liberal orthodoxy, it's very difficult to get these people on. And, you know, so. And now we got average centrist here as well. Uh, while we're doing the super chats over here, Hello. you were Hello. probably watching uh, this uh, whole thing go down. So give us your thoughts. Uh, I actually haven't. I've just literally come back from work, <laughs> but I got oh, your message no. and I thought oh, I'll come in and say, like, what, okay. what was the crux of the conversation? I assume it was to do. It was I don't even know. It's all party. haze right now. Okay, no, no. So we were talking about. Uh, and by the way, all the guys and gals who are watching this right now, be sure to subscribe. Subscribe to BreakTheRules.tv. We're we doing are... super chat, so please donate if yes. you want a super chat read. Yes, and we are also uh, live streaming this to Odyssey, so I know yeah. that a lot of Sticks fans are going to Odyssey as well. I'm going oh, to and, our... and Twitch too, I think. Yes, yes, on Twitch. We are still on yeah. Twitch, but what's very important, wary, what's very important here is that you guys go to Odyssey right now. Here is the link in the chat to Odyssey. Go there and uh, but join please subscribe. Our, our goal is to get 10K subscribers before New Year's. That is our goal. Please subscribe even if you just you know click the bell do all that stuff and usually i what i do is i read bangers in the chat but uh for this i feel extra grifty so um yeah. Please donate if you want to be a super chat. Right? Mm. I mean, once again, like uh, I definitely appreciate uh, somebody like Jessica coming in. I think it was a very uh, important thing to have people who otherwise never get a chance to talk to talk. Obviously, today, uh, average centrist, this is a very spicy one. But right. um, yes, I'm gonna have to but, go uh, back and watch. I did yes. want to watch. I usually I tend to watch when Sticks is on. To be honest, I'm a bit of a Sticks fan. I'm a bit annoyed that I get I have to miss him, unfortunately. Yeah. But you know, that's right. what it is. Yes, it is what it is. But I do think that here, like, uh, Gio, I could be, and we are going to get a Super Chats in a Gio bit. after you, that's why you're pissed, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, 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 no. She no. did kind no, of no. play this, I would agree, she did play the sexist card, but I do think that it's just the nature of the internet itself, because our policies, we don't regulate the chat for new subscribers. Hopefully you do subscribe. Mm -hmm. Um the, we don't regulate the chat except for like gamer words and yes. uh, people that threaten doxing and things like that. We mm. pretty much give a free reign to the chat because I don't believe in like censoring the chat except for the bare like actual. And this you was know, uh, and this was already bannable things. And this is already something that was uh, talked about, you know, back when Jessica first appeared. So just yes. so everybody yeah. knows, this is not like a. She's spring... been on a few times. Yes, this is not just like a springing on of some uh, unpredictable scenario. Some uh, babe just... in the woods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somebody like, uh, you know, Jessa knows that this is kind of the environment of the uh, of the stream. And we are going to have more, you know, sexist, <laughs> misogynistic <laughs> comments online. Because, no, no, let's face it. This is the nature of the internet. You're going to have a lot more people online who are going to be, you know, let's say less polite and much more rowdy yeah. when it comes to the way I that mean, they I think see, about that. I see hate comments against you, Lev, loads in oh, the comments a lot all the as time, well. all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, it's I just wonder why. <laughs> oh, God Nose damn it, Gio. Knows, if you don't, know don't you start. <laughs> Gio, Gio, do you see the shape of my, first of all, do you see the shape of my nose? So don't, don't you even start, bitch. Yeah, you okay. don't, well, you, you have more of a <laughs> Russian physiognomy than. Anyway, no, no, listen. You know, from that angle, average centrist kind of looks like Kenny Omega a little bit. I don't know. Uh, 
That's a, a good little compliment. Bit. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I look really. That's orange. not a compliment for me because I'm a wrestling elitist. So no, yes. no I'm kidding. Yeah, no, but, but once again, like Gio uh, just said, we don't censor. We don't censor the chat except for obviously things that would get us banned. But also, when yeah. it comes to the kind of positions that we hold. I never want to dogpile on somebody, and I always yeah, try to. Yeah, it's not. Good. Yes, yeah. no, 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 and I always try like when when this kind of conversation happens, I want to give people who come on like the best kind of a the best case for what they're bringing in. But at the same time, I do want to make the best case for the opinions that I hold too. Kind of like break it down. Like this is the problem that I'm seeing. Like what would be you know how do we go about this? How do we break it down? And uh, I think that 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 was done, and this is something that BTR is going to continue to do, and this is something that we hold. True to it. So anyway, we're I think get like to, there there was yeah. a few misogynistic comments, but it was more so like this woman is dumb. But like that, like when you call someone dumb, it's like that's different. That's just political tribalism. That's not yeah. critiquing them. Although I do see now that I'm seeing uh, someone let her out of the kitchen. Oh god! Oh god! I rebuke you! I rebuke you! <laughs> but also no, but also it's the nature of how a lot of this stuff. It's also the nature of how a lot of this stuff works that you yeah, end up getting. You end up getting whatever people. It's when, locker room talk. Yeah, it's no, no yeah. but whatever whatever people find to be the thing that's going to trigger anybody, they're going to yeah. start latching on to that. That's just the nature of it. I, I feel then, like Jessica maybe like she didn't explain a lot of points. As, as well as it should, and that's the no, but, problem. No, but again, Jessica's not here, so as far yeah, so as far as like uh, what she said or what she didn't yeah. say, I just want to break down how exactly BTR works here first, and how well, let's say I as a uh, host uh, moderator go about these things, just so it's clear to everybody watching the way that it works here. But as far as just like Stick said, Jessica's not here right now, so I don't want to talk right. behind your back as far as you know the talking mad smack. Yeah, yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah, but but in general, I still want to thank Jessica so much for coming in, and yeah. it is time for super chats now. So here we go. And, okay. and sticks in terms of debate is a heavy hitter, so that's another mm. thing too. He's very seasoned with debates. Yes. I mean, I don't yes. agree with everything Sticks says, but yeah, yeah. Wow. Here we go. Okay, so um, Ramon CGTC two dollars censorship. It's fun. It's funny until it's your turn. Then mm -hmm. we have Lisa yeah. Bode, 199 euro. Alex Jones is my daddy. Praise Hydro Vulgaris. <laughs> Hydro Vulgaris. Is that a new supplement? Yeah, probably is. Uh, <laughs> next to Super Male Vitality. It's they, have new, they, they have bone broth in stock now. It was out of stock for like five months. Oh, man. Well, they oh. used to have like chocolate bone broth, if you can believe yeah. that. So Ooh. anyway, here. Drive-by commenter, $10.00. The answer to the largesse of Facebook and Google is decentralization. The bottleneck yeah. is not tech, is the play payment processors and financial industry, i.e. the Patriot Act. Then uh, Parcellus Undorak, $2. Jessica, you are insulting the show. I disagree. I think that uh, Jessica was very important to have on the show, and she brought up... Uh, she see, I don't agree with the solutions that she would have to points, but at the same time... I do agree that these are important points that need to be brought up as far as algorithms and all that. And Sticks is not Sticks is not a computer scientist, so it would be interested in the interesting in the future to bring on somebody more from that world to talk about this in uh, detail, like what exactly could happen. At the same time, I still think that the concerns that Sticks was uh, dishing out as far as uh, censorship. These, I wouldn't say these are personal things. I think that these are things that end up affecting, uh, as you as you guys know, they do end up affecting everybody. They end up creating a chilling effect. So it's not even so much, you know, well, 
BTR survive? Will our particular livelihood survive? But in general, will this be something where people would be able to speak truth to power online? Should there be people who are going to, um, you know, take it upon themselves to uh, control yeah. the algorithm, uh, you know, to a higher extent through the government? But anyway, then we have uh, Nick Larson, four ninety nine. Love the show, Geo and Lev. Please never. Uh, see, I don't even want to say this because Jessica's not here. I don't no, want just to. say it. it's a super chat. We got it. We have to. All right. All right, but I do not support this. So she says, please never have this emotionally unstable woman on again. She can't handle the discourse. Absolutely unhinged. So again, I uh, I disagree. But, I uh, rebuke you, Lisa Boat. I rebuke you. No, that's not Nick Larson. That's not Lisa Boat. Oh, Nick Lisa Larson. Sorry. But yeah, I yeah. still rebuke Lisa Boat for calling you a sub. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah. I know that okay. name. I think I've uh, sparred with her. Yeah, she's a, a regular. He's a regular. It's not an actual she. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next it's one. a pun. Lisa Bode. Yes. Like Lisa a boat. Like, you know, yes, like yes, the Sopranos. Yes, yes. Stugatz. Oh, you know? I see. Okay. Right. I'm not super familiar with the Sopranos yet. I do want to watch yeah. it, though. It looks really good. Next one. Uh, Lisa Bode, 199. Geo, I caught some wait i caught you simping geo i caught yeah, you simping there, there you go. go the abc one two three four five six three nine nine two dollars dominate me mommy uh lisa bode oh. 199 you forgot my super sneeze bruh alo akbar okay no i did not forget your super sneeze your super sneeze are being well well taken care of lisa bode 199 Jen Psaki, that's life. I'm broke. Circle back. Um, Lehman Russ, $10. Protect girls. Misogyny. What a baby. So, I mean, again, like, uh, I think that these things should be. What about Jen Psaki? I have no idea about Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki, that's life. I'm broke. Circle back. So, next we have Lehman Russ. Uh, oh, yeah, I said that. Okay. Donald Tramp, $5. Donald Trump. <laughs> imagine hitchens or murray crying about the chat and running away after talking non-stop okay first of all to be fair it's it wasn't running away there was a hard stop at around the time when both sticks and jessica had to go so there this is not running away i remember there was this one debate in like the 80s where was it's i forget was it susan sontag that like I think she was debating William F. Buckley and he she like just walked out and it was like real like girl boss moment and uh I don't know. I, I think it was Susan Sontag, but yeah. All right. Next, we have Adam THM199. Just reminded me why I left the Dems today. And Parcellus Undorak, $5. I'll not apologize for calling Jessica an authoritarian because she is. I don't think it's clear cut to call anybody an authoritarian when you're talking about these things. I think that some people just lean more on there being certain issues yeah. that they value when it comes to potential problems. I think as an authoritarian, I know one when I see one. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I think that there are certain issues that uh, Jessica values more than, let's say, sticks, or uh, I would value when it comes to the potential harm of the algorithm. I was trying, though, to advocate a lot more for Thomas Sowell's unintended consequences when it comes to that. I think this is something that... It is interesting, though, like, if there were other people from Jessica's circle that were to come on, and I really hope that they do... uh, what exactly would be an overall response here? Because I don't think that that particular thing that I was talking about was addressed just, and I don't want to talk specifically about Jessica here, but in general, when it comes to people who are within the uh, democratic party and censorship, 
what exactly uh, could be, let's say, said here <laughs> to make them see a lot more, at least from my perspective or Styx's perspective, mm. that that we are very concerned about these algorithms being controlled by some government entity, that that is something that would cause just... a lot more problem for them too. I just don't think they'll ever care until it, it does significantly affect them. And I think, I think you know, while the sword is being wielded in their name, they just they don't they just won't care. Like for me, like it doesn't even necessarily affect me, but I just care on the principle level. Um, like you just shouldn't be engaging in that kind of censorship or, or you know, figuring out the algorithms to filter things in and out and whatever. Um, so yeah, I think once you start going down that road, it's already a slippery slope, like straight away, as soon as you make that decision. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you're advocating for it or if you don't care about it, I think it's probably not the best idea really, but yeah, that's just yeah. my two cents on it. But So, so guys, this is pretty much it. I really appreciate There's you. other super. Oh, chat. more super chats coming in. Okay. Thank you very much. Once you get once, once again, patreon.com slash break the rules, be sure to go there and become a patron today. You're going to get a lot of beautiful magnets. Like I mentioned before, the beautiful dragon sticks. Uh, well, this is not a wooden magnet. This is a, a wooden sculpture that you could hang on your wall. You could see it over here. So my father made this for Styx. It's currently residing in Styx's house in Vermont. So when Styx comes to America, he's going to uh, take it. But uh, if you want something like this, this is going to be for $50 tier. And $20 tier, you're going to get like a smaller wooden magnet version of this Ouroboros, the Dragon Ouroboros. So anyway, more super chats. Here we go. Okay, we got, um, okay, so we got, uh, the ABC one to three geo ain't nothing wrong with getting caught in 4k. And then we have another one over here from ABC $5 geo when powerlifting, we can't let those fast twitch muscles go to waste. Let me send you some stuff. <laughs> what does this mean? The fast twitch muscles? <laughs> I, I don't know. It happened last stream. Uh, my internet kept cutting out. Um, but no, I think fast twitch muscles. Um, no, I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of, uh, I, I, I wish we had more time to haggle things out, but I think that, um, uh, when it comes specifically, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what to say anymore. Yeah. Um, well... Please subscribe to our, <laughs> subscribe to me too. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Jenner Productions. Yeah. That's and right. Also, Good yeah i mean everyone knows to go to sticks and uh follow him on um uh well youtube obviously but odyssey bit shoot uh what is the other he doesn't use that other one that people kind of disavowed what were they called um yeah but oh what was that platform called the not Ro, not roku what was it called i forget um well, we yeah. are also we are also by the way on minds.com i do not oh plug we are yes yeah. we are i do not plug minds.com enough and i think oh that we have another super chat yes jimmy b jessica blew it when she embarrassed herself with personal attacks but hey let's defend her because dems are hard to find for debate no mm -hmm. i'm going to defend anybody who comes on here as you know geo even people who i inherently disagree with because i do value different opinions being uh, exchanged here and again that doesn't mean like jessica like jessica said and i know i keep on thinking on this but like jessica said you know like oh why am i you know like dogpiling by siding with sticks i do side with sticks when it comes to <laughs> i know i do side with sticks when it comes to a lot of oh. things but notice like when i talk about this i don't dogpile 
I try to say it as elucidatingly as possible, as carefully as possible, just to understand what exactly mm. we're talking about here. So I have no, I have absolutely no regrets about that. But anyway, I am going to share the link here, minds.com slash break the rules. So that is where you go to. And uh, I know you guys are on minds because you've been following Six for a long time. And uh, he got you into the minds. Now come into our minds, minds.com slash break the rules. Oh, scum sucking slime with fast twitch muscles. Fast twitch muscles. They're implying your sub Saharan Africa. Well, listen, I'm only half Southern Italian. I'm half Central Italian, half Southern Italian. And the Southern part, it's on the Greek side of uh of the aisle not the uh african side yes so uh, my ancestors were facing greece instead of tunisia was it tunisia or ethiopia that's directly mm. across from italy i think ethiopia so or the, yeah it's libya or something isn't it yeah libya is part one of them yeah but like mm. oh sorry yeah tunisia is further down like it's facing mm. spain um and morocco so another one over here right now dlive.tv slash break the rules we are streaming this on dlive as well so for all of for all of you uh wonderful but, people who are on dlive go there go there right now but our archive and, is on odyssey as well that's where yes. our archive channel is yeah. and also twitch.tv slash break the rules go there as well here is the link we are live streaming on twitch as well if you can believe it another one from the abc one to three fast twitch muscles are those that produce power people who sprint power lift get jacked easily and that have much more than the average the average centrist is that what uh, the abc <laughs> imply, implies here i hope so i just bought some weights recently so yeah. hopefully well, let me know. actually let me actually see if we are getting any action on Odyssey because we are live on Odyssey. Here is the Odyssey link once again. Go to Odyssey because we have need you to have ever some... thought about? Uh, sorry to cut you off, but no, have you ever it. thought about doing some like Odyssey exclusives where you can have some extra spicy debates where you? Can, oh, uh... I, yes, I do that on yes. my channel for oh, my yeah. archive channel for Odyssey Jenner Productions at YouTube. Um, yeah, I have I have this one thread I did where I. I did a Twitter thread crawl of this uh, the Yates Sexton guy. I I was just too paranoid because it was talking mm -hmm. about um things like uh, what was the the oh oh um he was comparing that you know what happened on the uh, the six with um was it the Branch Davidian? So I I was too paranoid to put put it on YouTube, but. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to have another video exclusive on the Riddler, but uh, no, Lev, we should get into... Uh, oh, yeah. No, we're yeah. going to be doing that. Another thing that we're going to be doing, I'm going to be buying one of those uh, Wheel of Fortune wheels with topics on it so I could spin it around and uh, see what we talk about. And I we're going to have more Patreon hilarious, exclusives actually. as well. Yes. Yes, mm. we are going to have a Patreon-only stream coming up, uh, I believe, next week. We had a wonderful stream recently with Metaphor Man, a.k.a. Shitbiscuit on Twitter, and that one we had a Tux Loves You, who was one of our great patrons on so one of the perks of also becoming a btr patron is that you get to appear on the streams as well with our uh, with our guests so anyway uh superair.com slash left by the way invest in nfts right now specifically invest in my nfts invest in lev hashtag invest in lev so go there buy some of my nfts it's going to be a worthwhile investment because we're only growing from here and there is an extra spooky one even though halloween is over you should still buy this one right now this is called werewolf like w-e-a-r wolf over here this is the wolf you can see the wolf over here with these furry wolf pups oh, oh, love. Should we announce diapers yeah the, the werewolf um that oh god that's inherently creepy um <laughs> should we announce the other debate we're 
we're we're going to bring sticks back on or yes is that... yes no 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 this one's good everybody's confirmed so we are going to have sticks and jonathan peugeot yeah coming, coming on in uh in december december that is the holiday of uh christmas coming in december so that's why we have it in december 16th a thursday so be sure to ch- uh stick around uh stick around for sticks that. around but i'm through oh another super chat by abs uh, ABC. Sorry, ABC, damn. Geo, you're built like a damn Samoan power. Yeah, I mean, I've been compared to Yokozuna before. I mean, um, to Rikishi. That's what kids in school used to call me, Rikishi. And uh, I had Sounds to like give cool, a few though. stink faces once in a while. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Um, but uh, no, um, we're going next uh, Thursday, this Thursday coming up. So in a few days, what's the panel of next week? We have uh, oh boy. is next uh, week Mary Harrington or no? I yes, but we have somebody else coming in as well. So here's uh, here's here's what's going down, guys. We are going to have a, a stream with Slush, who is the uh, co-host of the uh, Gush stream. That is going to be Thursday, November 11th. He is a very big uh, player of, uh, uh, what is it called, uh, Super Smash Brothers. So I don't know if there are any Super Smash Brothers fans, aficionados here, any other Twitter people you guys would recommend who are within that community who can join us. And uh, he's also, I believe, friends with uh, Turkey Tom and Noah's Hugbox. So it's uh, going in for that gamer. We need more gamers on btr so it's gonna be from I the gamer not, direction i'm not a gamer so i might i don't know what i'm gonna do well he game. may no, geo come on you got you gotta you gotta come in and tuesday november 16th we are gonna have count dankula oh that is gonna be mm, man mm, 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 mm. okay Yes, and then we are going to have Mary Harrington coming in Tuesday, November 23, along with Alex Kashuda. Alex Kashuda recently had a baby. She's going to be joining us uh, as well. So let's see. And then we're going to have a couple of other people. I am not going to announce them yet, but uh, they are you know, they are in the deck right is now. Is Alexander so. Bard coming back? Or is oh, that... of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah. We just have to work out a good stream. Uh, so, yeah. But remember, we next week, Count Dankula. He doesn't do many interviews. I- I'm surprised you got a... You got him there. Mandate of heaven, baby. That's what it's Mandate. all about. All right. <laughs> oh, so, boy. So I believe this is the end. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Once again, please subscribe to BTR. We got to build this up. We got to gather more people together. Not everybody's going to agree with each other. That's not the point. The point is ripping apart the bubbles, letting people talk, and seeing what happens. And that is what it's all about. And I really appreciate everybody being here, watching this. Patreon.com slash break the rules. Keep supporting this. Remember, would, 10K before New Year's. That's our goal of subscribers. That's the goal. Exactly. We're almost there. Well, kind of almost there. But, Exactamundo. The hump, tele- yeah, the 5K hump is uh, real. Yes. Exactamundo, you know. Telemundo. So, guys, thank you so much for watching. Once again, subscribe. Patreon.com slash break the rules. Good night, everybody. God bless and goodbye. And goodbye. Also, too soon.